and a warm welcome to you, my dear listener. From wherever you are, we are here again, and this is the new live program. Coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi, this is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. We have a great show lined up for you. Thanks for joining us. I am your host, Monica Kamoka. We are more than glad to have you on board. And today, the first segment will be on family life. And Lydia Chieng will join us to talk about surviving a crisis. Thereafter, Sister Becky will join us during the Bible segment. But before we do that, coming up is the song, The Greatest Want, by Faith for Today Quartet. Sit tight and enjoy.
Welcome back, dear listener. That was The Greatest Ones by Faith for Today Quartet. You are listening to the new live program coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. And now on Family Life, Lydia Aching joins us with more on surviving a crisis. Dear listener, welcome to today's Family Life program. I'm your presenter, Lydia Aching. Today we'll talk about surviving a crisis. Crisis is a part of married life, no matter how much we wish it weren't. And when a husband and wife have been together for a long time, it's inevitable that they've had their share of tough times. Such crises, for example, health problems, financial trials, struggles with a child, can eat away at the foundation of any marriage. Sadly, More and more these days, the result is a couple just going through the motions of married life or even divorce. It doesn't have to be that way, however. While crises are unavoidable, marital collapse is not. By pulling together and continuing to honor each other and especially leaning on God for wisdom, comfort, strength and provision, trials can be endured with the relationship intact. In fact, the marriage can do more than just survive. It can come out of the experience even more solid and secure than it was before. The Bible tells us that God sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And for that reason, we should all expect and prepare for the storms of life to hit our marriages. So how do we prepare for a crisis so the foundation of our marriage doesn't weaken and crumble? Here's what Donald Harvey writes on surviving crisis. Every couple faces things they'd prefer to avoid. Job losses, severe illnesses, financial reversals, deaths of close family members, and many other such events. These storms of life place immense stress on us, and they also test our marriages. When crisis strikes, some couples not only weather the storm, they emerge stronger and more united than before. Others struggle through the pain, and some marriages are destroyed by the crisis. So what makes the difference? It mostly comes down to what spouses do during the crisis itself. Do they give comfort and support to each other, or do they withdraw emotionally or cast blame? Do they allow friends or family members to extend support, or do they isolate themselves from outside help? Do they cling to a spiritual life or do they rely instead on their own understanding and abandon their faith? How you react during a crisis is important for the survival of your marriage. But the real battle is won or lost before the crisis occurs. Marriages that survive share at least three characteristics. First, the couples are committed to marriage as a sacred institution. Their commitment brings stability and provides staying power even during the most severe setbacks. Every marriage needs this resilience, but true survival requires more than simply bedrock commitment to an institution. If this is the only characteristic working in a marriage's favor, the relationship can easily become lifeless and devoid of emotion. Second, survivors are committed to marriage as a relationship. I have friends whose daughter was severely depressed, 
even suicidal. We felt so helpless, John told me. When things were at their darkest, my wife Pam and I found ourselves holding each other tight. Through tears, I told her things may get a lot worse for us, but we'll survive even if it does. John was telling Pam he loved her, no matter what might happen. He was committed to more than the institution of marriage. He was committed to his wife, Pam. For more than 20 years, John and Pam practiced being sensitive to one another's needs. They had guarded their relationship against time pressures and striving for material success. And they had practiced mutuality, giving and receiving in roughly equal measure over the years. They shared a goal of looking for and doing whatever was in the best interest of their relationship, even if it meant sacrificing some personal comfort. John and Pam survived the pain of their daughter's depression, and their marriage was made even stronger because of it. There's a third characteristic that enable couples to weather the big storms of life, a vital faith and commitment to God. Vital faith appreciates the big picture. Life doesn't operate according to our agenda. Pain comes to everyone, and we learn some of the greatest truths from things we wouldn't choose for ourselves. God uses personal experiences to develop our ability to deal with the crisis of life. By learning to trust Him in the little storms, we are prepared to trust Him in the big ones. Married Christians have to guard against Teflon mentality. That is an exception that pain, stress, and hardship can't really touch us, but will magically slide off. It's true that Christians aren't of the world, but we are definitely in it. We do feel pain and stress, but we don't have to be overwhelmed by them. Please know that God cares through the good times and the bad times. This material was provided by Marriage Missions International. Thank you. Until next time, God bless you. If you're just joining us, this is the New Life Program with me, Monica Kamokwa. Coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi, this is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. If you wish to drop comments, suggestions, or questions, do so through the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 001000, Nairobi, Kenya. Email us at awrnairobi at Singing as we journey by Faith for Today Quartet. We still have a great show going on. Don't go anywhere. We are children of a King, Heavenly King, Heavenly King. We are children of a King, singing as we journey. Jesus Christ, our God and Guide, bids us nothing terrified. Follow closely at His side, singing as we journey. We are traveling to our home, blessed home, blessed home. 
We are traveling to our home, singing as we journey toward a city out of sight where we'll fall no shade on night. For our Savior is its light, singing as we journey. Full of joy we onward go, heavenward go, heavenward go. Full of joy we onward go, singing as we journey, singing all the journey through, singing hearts are brave and true, singing till our home we My dear listener, thank you for staying tuned. Right about now, Sister Becky Arunga joins us for the Bible segment. She'll be talking about Christ's epistle. Be blessed. How excellent is the name of the Lord God, who's made it possible for us to meet and study His Word. I invite you that together we may study God's Word and know His love for mankind. I am your sister in the Lord, Becky Arunga. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we give thanks and praise to your holy name for that which you have done unto us. You have made us glad and afforded us a chance to know your Word, your precept of truth. I pray that at this juncture, give us your Holy Spirit to be our teacher, that we may know that which you have in store for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Beloved, it is indeed a great privilege to be living in these last days, because even though people are quite busy, they have no time to study the Word of God, you and I, who have decided to follow Jesus Christ, may be as epistles to them that even though they have no written word to, he, to, to study or they are unable to hear it shouted among the rooftops, they can listen, they can see and look at us. And by beholding our deeds, surely they are able to be acquainted with this Jesus that we are preaching. And so we realize that Paul writing to the Corinthians is reminding them of their position as the epistles of Christ in this world. We have his letter recorded in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, reading from verse 1. He says, Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or do we need as some others epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Essentially, Paul is trying to bring to view the concept that it is not often the case that you need a letter of recommendation to someone or from from someone. What we, we are talking about is that more often than not, when we are seeking employment, when we need someone to vouch for our character or our fitness to perform a particular action, will either be asked to write a letter of commendation to them 
or we write for them a letter of commendation meaning that we need third party to vouch for our goodness but paul is trying to make us depart from that thought to say that you need no third party to commend you for you alone as an individual are an epistle a letter to be read we know that letters contain confidential information passed from one person to the other and so christ himself we have known him personally and so jesus is like the epistle that we ought to write the story of jesus is the letter that our life should showcase unto the world that's why paul is saying you are our epistle written in our hearts known and read by all men it brings to perspective the concept of corporate Christianity the fact that when one person falters the entire name of the church is brought to reproach when one person succeeds then the entire church succeeds it brings the concept of unity of brethren in fellowship it brings the concept of togetherness in Christ or should i say one in Christ so this gives each one of us to know that they have an obligation to uphold the statutes of god they have an obligation to live up the standard that god has set before us it is a sad state that we have allowed factions to erupt from amongst us that we have allowed ourselves to be as the world so instead of the world reading the pattern of jesus christ in our lives they are unable to see the difference or demarcation between the christian and the heathen and so paul is writing the church of corinth and reminding them and saying clearly in chapter 3 verse 3 clearly you are an epistle of christ ministered by us written not with ink but by the spirit of the living god not on tablets of stone but on tablets of flesh that is of the heart the experience of salvation is written upon the tablets of our heart the experience of salvation is ingrained in our hearts the reason is from the heart springs forth the issues of life so if we have jesus in our hearts then our mouth shall speak of jesus our tongues shall sing of jesus love our hands shall be quick to do that which christ has given unto us our feet shall be swift to move to the places that god has sent us to our hearts shall bear the message of the gospel for beautiful upon the mountains at the feet of they that bring the glad tidings of salvation so the ministry of christ is written in our hearts and this day i just give you a challenge look at yourself consider your ways and ask yourself this question how well are you representing jesus how well are you manifesting his character in your life a time is coming when there shall be no bibles to be read a time is coming when men shall hunger and thirst for the word of god but they shall know not where to find it are you fully equipped with the word of god have you committed scripture to memory and have you been to jesus for his cleansing power i beseech you beloved dear listener 
If the things of this world, if the habits of this life, though harmless they seem, have come between you and the Savior, think twice. Think again, remember from where you have fallen, and seek the Lord when he is still to be found. There are many things that may come between our souls and the Savior, but I pray that as you endeavor to be that epistle of choice, that epistle that Jesus so desires to be acquainted with and associated with, may the Lord grant the desire of your heart. But this day, remember, habits of life, though harmless they seem, can be the only thing that separates you from God. Now allow God to remove the heavy weight of sin that besets you and allow you to run the race set before you with tolerance, joy, patience, and perseverance. For our Lord is coming to take his people home. Let us pray. Thank you, everlasting Father. The assurance of full salvation in you keeps us going and keeps us trusting. Now we have learned that we are the epistle that the world needs to read. Help us to keep focused, knowing that in all things you do well. Glory and honor be unto your name, for I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, beloved. It is always a blessing being at Jesus' feet. Till next time, be blessed. Thank you for staying tuned throughout the show. It is always a pleasure to have you with us. Don't forget to send us your views, suggestions, or questions about the show through the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 001000, Remember, this is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Until we meet right here, I have been your host, Monica Kamokwa. Stay blessed.
want of the world is the want of man.